0: there everyone, welcome back to the Roadcast The podcast where I create an adventure framework And you folks who are GMs can go ahead and embellish it Or change it around however you like Today we've got a typical F-20 adventure It's fantasy, it's archetypal sort of d adventure And we'll get to that in just a moment But first, I want to thank my Patrons They send me money and help me do this thing. They also help me go to cons and things because I spend money on that. So, thank you, David. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Avis. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, James. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, Bruce. You folks are the best. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, the title of this adventure framework is... Finding Gosgar's Tomb It is, like I said, an F-20 adventure And if you don't know about what F-20 means F-20 is basically class and level D-20 centric Typical d d fantasy role playing And it is extraordinarily popular It is probably the most popular type of role playing out there And has been for nearly 50 years Now, the basic premise of this adventure is that two kingdoms, or two empires, are at war. One is the orcs, and the orc chiefs, the orc war chiefs, want war. The human generals want war. This stuff's been going on for, you know, at least 100 years, maybe 200 years, quite a while. So, there's a lot of animosity built up, but in recent years, it hasn't been as bad and when peace breaks out, or near peace breaks out, as we know from our world, generals start to get a little nervous. they got all these weapons, they got all these soldiers, and they're not doing anything with them. And you may be coming dangerously close to budget cuts and personnel cuts in military. And we can't have that, can we? So, the Orc war chiefs and human generals are both wanting to go to war. And they're not going to be denied this time. Now the leaders of both sides, and the ordinary folk on both sides, well, they don't want war. At all. Things have been going pretty well. There's been actually a little bit of trade between the orcs and the humans. You know, That's good for everybody. The orcs get something they want and earn a little money. Humans get something they want and earn a little money. Hey, can't beat it. But, like I say, the guys in charge of the military and stuff, they want it, and... If they don't get it, maybe there's a coup, maybe uh, on the human side a king has a tragic accident and his um, much more pliable son, nephew, whoever, comes into power. But it would be an unwinnable war for both sides. It would drag on for years, it would kill tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. It would destroy lands, it would destroy towns and cities, it would just be bad. But the orcs can be stopped by finding Gosgar's tomb and getting the sword of Gosgar. The human generals can be stopped by sending them off to circle around behind the orcs through a land where it was only recently discovered and not talked about, has become inhabited by a bunch of dragons. So, you know, the orc uh, king holds up his sword of Gazgar and boom, all the orcs bow down to it. And, you know, maybe he has a few war chiefs uh, sent off somewhere or they disappear. And on the human side, the king says, Yes, yes, do this. And if you circle around here, wouldn't you be able to have a sneak attack? And the generals get, you know, a boner over that. And then they walk into a valley full of dragons And hey, guess what? You've solved your general problem um, So the PC's job Is to go and find The Sword of Gosgar Deliver it to the orcs And bring about peace Now the PCs you will need for this adventure Your typical party Whatever you've got If you're running a fantasy game You know you just port your party into this Maybe they Come from somewhere outside, some faraway land. Maybe they live here. Maybe you're starting up new, so you start them up in this. I would not start beginning characters for this. I would start at least maybe third level, fourth level. But you will also have, traveling with the party, an NPC. Or a PC, if you've got enough players. Because you've got an orc. See, it's an orc relic in an orc tomb. And it takes an orc to know anything about it. And his name and title are Gervet Master Kuzrak. Now, Gervet Master means, basically, he's a lore master. He knows ancient stuff, he knows all this uh, lore and things like that. But for the average orc, and especially for orc generals and soldiers, all this lore is only as good as what it can do to help you in a battle. But Kuzrak went to the king of the orcs, the leader of the clans, and he said, hey, uh... I think I know where Gosgar's tomb is and that would allow you to wield power over pretty much everybody. So the king goes, Yes, and I'm going to send you to find it. Now Kuzrak is that most intelligent and ignored type of orc, a lore keeper. And he has a rough map to the location of Gosgar's tomb. It's not exact, but it's good enough. But before they get to the tomb, the PCs must get a key that opens the tomb. And as we've said, Kuzrak will accompany the party. Now, Kuzrak is not a really great fighter, but being an orc, he can wield a sword, fair enough. He is short and not as muscular as the average orc, but he's a lot smarter, and he's a lot smarter than a lot of humans, and he has a surprisingly high dex and constitution. And all told, he's really not a bad guy once the PCs get used to him. Well, our adventure here starts with a meeting at Penderton. So what happens here, and you may notice as I go along doing these adventure frameworks that I'm kind of streamlining how I present them. I'm hoping to get it down to a formula where I can get this podcast down to a half an hour or something. The adventure starts with the PCs having been summoned to a small frontier village called Penderton. This is not on the frontier with the orcs. This is not far away from there, but it's not right on that frontier. They are taken to a farmhouse where their king and his advisors and six orc clan leaders and the high king of the orcs and Kuzrak, wait for him. So they get informed on the full situation. War is going to happen. It's going to be terrible. We need to stop it. you got to find the sword. you got to do this. you got to do that. They will meet Kuzrak, who explain all the legend of Gosgar, who was a god-king of the ancient orcs. He was their prophet. He was their, their genius. He was their Jesus, their Muhammad, their whoever. He was the man. You're just short of whatever an orc and god would be. Now, he'll tell them all this. You can make this up as you want, or have just a little short piece of information, or you can go hog-wild with it. Now the PCs will be paid in gold From their human side Jewels From the orcs And respected titles They can pretty much pick any title they want And it will be bestowed upon them You want to be a duke, you're a duke You want to be a a general in the army, you're a general You want to be a a respected uh, count or something Yeah, you can do that The king will confer all of this on them So once this is all worked out And by the way, their pay is uh, pretty excellent. And once it's all worked out, the party heads out to the Wild Forest, which is about 20 miles outside of Penderton. Now, when they get to the forest, the edge of the forest, and you're accompanied by some of the king's guards and whatnot, when they get to the edge of the forest, their horses will not enter. There's no way you're getting a horse to go in this forest. This is a forest with a very bad reputation, it's very dangerous, and horses aren't stupid. And this is where the first portion of the adventure stops. I would probably run this section, as a fairly small night's play, maybe a couple hours at tops. Or, you can just run this and the next part in one evening, or two, or however long you want to take it, because remember... These are adventure frameworks. I'm not telling you what stats to give things. I'm not telling you how long to run things. I barely make any suggestion what level they should be. But before we go on to part two, I will note that as far as NPCs go, you're going to need assorted royalty from the human side. You're going to need all the orc. You're going to need the farmer that they meet in Penderton who takes them out to his farmhouse and where they have the meeting. Of course, Kuzrak, you're going to need him. He's the only one you really need to stat all the way out. Now, the next part, part two, is danger in the wild forest. So, what can happen in the forest or what ought to happen? Well, it's a big old-growth forest. And it's full of animals and monsters. They should have at least three or four encounters with creatures monsters, whatever, in the course of going through this forest. They're on foot, so it's going to take two or three days to pass through. Some things that you could have are, they could meet some fae, who might be helpful. Could be elves, could be brownies, pixies, whatever. Who may be helpful or may not be helpful. They have to spend the night in a haunted ruin. At some point. And they have troubling dreams. If you want, you can make these dreams prophetic. You can have them dream about something from further on in the adventure. And uh, that may help them later. Maybe they're walking along and one of them says, Hey, wait a minute. I had a dream that we were in a clearing like this. And a monster came out right over there from the trees. And everybody looks and they hands go to their swords and then boom the monster starts coming out just like he dreamed about it. When they get through the forest they leave the forest and come into a small river valley. So this is kind of a brief description of what's going on here because this is typical D&D stuff and if you're a GM you've done this a thousand times. I would make this last like I say at least 3 or 4 or 2 or 3 days with 3 or 4 encounters and uh, I don't know if I'd have them meet the Fey or not. If I did, I would probably have it be a sort of comedic meeting that would end with a few practical jokes on the party, but then the Fey leave them something interesting or maybe even important, maybe healing potions or something. For NPCs in the forest portion of this adventure, you just need animals. You need some monsters who are adjusted, of course, to the strength of your party. You may want Fay of some sort, and you might have an actual ghost in those ruins who enters their dreams and tells them, look, you know, I'm sorry I'm giving you nightmares, but my bones are in this part of the ruins, and if you could dig them up and give them a proper burial, maybe I can help you out somehow. So you may have that ghost or you may not. Maybe they're just having dreams based on psychic stuff or whatever. Now we come to part three. And this is the Ruins of Tarkush. They travel south along the valley for, I don't know, maybe a full day. And they come to a ruined, walled city known as Tarkush. Kuzrak says the key is located in the center of the city, near a fountain. So it's going to take them at least a couple hours to walk to the center of the city. And everyone's getting a feeling of being watched they got that creepy hair on the back of your neck stand-up feeling. And maybe there's a monster encounter or two. I wouldn't have them be really hugely dangerous monsters. But there's just some sort of monster. Maybe they, they come upon a giant blob or something. Or maybe they fight off a troll. Who knows. When they get to the center of the city, and after a bit of searching, however much searching you want them to do, they find the key which is a six-inch-wide metal disc. And Kuzrak recognizes it. It's possible that this key has been set into the side of a building or maybe the fountain itself. And the people who put it there may not have even known what it was. They probably didn't. And no sooner do they find this than kobolds attack. A shitload of kobolds coming out of everywhere. That's who's been watching them. So you have a big fight And kobolds are not really dangerous individually, but in big massive amounts, yeah, they can be pretty dangerous. So your player characters fight, the kobolds probably eventually lose, although there is a way you could have them take the party prisoner and keep them tied up for several hours or whatever until the party can escape. But as the party leaves the city, they should find some loot. You might have them find a little loot along the way, but as they're leaving, maybe quickly, because they're afraid the kobolds are going to come after them again, they find some sort of loot. Weapons, gold, whatever you want them to find. After leaving the city, the valley will narrow more and more until it's basically a steep canyon with the river running through the middle of it. And the river is nice and wide, and doesn't seem to be too dangerous, but there's not a lot of shoreline you can walk along, a lot of fallen rocks and things like that, so they're going to have to go down this river. And that's part four. But before we get to that, your NPCs will of course be kobolds and monsters. Like I say, I wouldn't make the monsters very powerful, I wouldn't make the kobolds very powerful, but I would give them weaponry that allows them to just ding away at your characters. You know, maybe they've just got slings and rocks, maybe they've got small clubs, maybe they've got, you know, a few little arrows, but it's nothing that really does a lot of damage. There's just a shitload of them doing it, so there's damage that builds up. Getting back to part four, it's called The Journey Down the River of Ten Thousand Deaths, which is what Kuzrak will tell them the orcs in ancient times called this river. So the PCs build a raft. Shouldn't have much problem doing that. And then they start down the river, which is full of crocodiles or crocodile analogs in your world. Hippos, again, you can have a hippo analog, which is basically some big herbivore, or you could have them be an omnivore. Maybe they're more like pigs. And they live in the water and they're short-tempered and they will attack the fuck out of anything that gets near them. You could also have big-ass snakes be out there in the water. You might have areas where the river bank widens enough and there's some possible hostile tribes living there. You could have other dangers. Falling rocks from the cliff sides. Giant water spiders. Fish. Piranhas. Something like that. Whatever the case... It's a dangerous damn river. And of course, at some point, you're going to have rapids. So there's a big danger. And the ride should take at least a couple of days. Now you can choose whether you want it to end with a waterfall or not. And that's a classic movie finish to most trips down a river. They come to a damn waterfall. You could have it be one big waterfall. Or you could have it be a series of Waterfalls where they go over a small one And they go down the river a little ways And then they go over another one And they do that three or four times And finally they come to the part of the river They're just basically a normal river again NPCs you will need for this portion of the adventure Are possible hostile tribes I would not make them really daring Like they don't go out in the water necessarily But they can fling spears and shoot arrows from the shore you need the creatures, you could go with, like I say, ordinary hippos and like Nile crocodiles and big snakes and things, or you could reach into the fantasy realm and pull something out there. But those are the NPCs you'll need. The river moves along and we come to part five, the haunted swamp. So like I said, the river slows down and merges into a great swamp And there are all these trees and moss And if you've ever even seen a picture of the bayous of Louisiana Hey, this is it Huge big swampy area There are several small islands They pass them along the way Lots of animals Snakes, gators, things like that in the water You could have almost anything up in the trees Monkeys if you want Uh, Certainly things like raccoons Bears even And you should have swamp zombies. You can have other monsters, but swamp zombies are kind of interesting. And, uh, well, there's a, a part coming up to that. So the ghosts of people that the zombies killed are also all over the swamp. And they may impart information... Particularly, how to find the old hut of the hoodoo mama that created the zombies. If they destroy the hut, all the zombies will die. By this point, your players have been fighting zombies right and left as they're trying to get further into the swamp and find the island of the tomb. But, yeah, getting rid of all these zombies kind of takes precedence here. So, they'll listen to the ghost. they'll go off, they find the hut, If they destroy it, boom, all the zombies just crumble away. And you can stretch this all out for a day or two, maybe. But the next day, after they've killed the zombies and they've rested up and everything, they should find the island of the tomb. This is, again, pretty standard sort of D&D type of uh, adventure portion here, where you Fight zombies or some sort of undead Maybe other monsters pop up Maybe there's something that you know kills everybody Zombies, humans, doesn't care That might help them out To escape from the zombies But they keep having these damn zombies Rise up out of the water and try and get them And the zombies are all covered with mud and Water plants And who knows what NPCs you will need For this portion of the adventure Are zombies Ghosts Animals of whatever sort you want them to encounter, and a monster or two. I don't know that I have a lot of monsters in here. I might have just two or three, maybe. I might have indications of other monsters, but I wouldn't necessarily have a lot of monsters. It might kind of be interesting if they stop on a small island to have lunch or fight zombies or something. They see that in the center of the island, there's a massive footprint, like 10 feet across. And it's maybe human, maybe reptilian, whatever. But something bigger than hell passed through here. You may not do anything with that, as far as the adventure goes, but it's something for them to worry about. Now we move on to our final part, part six. The Island of the Tomb. When they find this island, it's pretty big. It's a couple of miles across. And it is in the center of a lake In the swamp So there are no trees out here It's it's an actual lake And it's The uh, Island of Tomb itself is lightly forested It is full of wildlife Could have deer Could have bears Could have mountain lions uh, Could have any number of things But what it does have Is a hydra And They're going to have to fight this Hydra before it's going to let them get to the tomb. This is a guardian creature. Maybe a long line of Hydras, but whatever. So they fight the Hydra, and of course sooner or later they'll defeat it. And they get up to the tomb, which is about 100 feet on a side, and it's built of mud bricks, and it's very old, and the walls of it are thick. And they use the key to open the main door And uh, Kuzrak will tell them that they need to keep that key Because it probably opens a lot more doors along the way The tomb is full of traps and locked doors Which may also be trapped And Kuzrak can tell them about certain traps Because they're orcish traps And he'll look and say, hey, you know, don't go there Because this is the orcish trap of the Falling Spear And a spear falls out from the roof And runs you through So Kuzrak's got some information About some, but not all, traps So you want them to take quite a while To get through this tomb Which is basically a dungeon When they get to the burial room Where the sword is It is quite large And almost completely free Of anything that would be loot you know they might find one or two little tiny interesting things, and maybe a couple of silver pieces, or maybe a dagger or something. Otherwise, not much in here. There's a sarcophagus, and you have to use a key in it. You put the key in, you turn the key, boom, the lid just sort of floats off and falls to the floor. Once the sword is taken, and it's easy to take, it's just laying there. His Gosgar's body is. Pretty much completely brought it away to dust. So you take the sword, and, again, in typical movie fashion, once you take the sword, the entire tomb starts to crumble to dust. I wouldn't have this be super dangerous. You want the party to think it's dangerous, but it really is crumbling to dust, and I mean fine dust. So they'll be choking and coughing, and they can't see very well, but they will get out of the tomb, After being scared that it's going to fall apart on them. And when they get outside, they see the last of the tomb just gone. And it's a big pile of dust. And then you can have the wind pop up and blow the dust away. And that's all she wrote. So the party then leaves the swamp. Kuzrak has a pretty good idea of which way they need to go to get to the orc frontier. And they do that. They go to the frontier, right to the edge, and there's a small orc village there. There won't be any soldiers or anything because they're all gathered somewhere else. And at this point, Kuzrak will take the sword. He will thank them profusely. He will tell them you will always be my friends. If I can ever help you, let me know. And then he will head off into the orc lands. They will turn around and head back to the main city of their kingdom so they can collect their pay and so war is averted. Uh, peace breaks out the orcs get uh, control of their country away from the military and the PC's homeland celebrates them. The king says Here, here's your pay, what titles do you want, I'm going to give you the land Uh, That sort of thing. But the PC's homeland now needs new generals and other officers. So maybe your player characters join up with the military. Get some high rank or whatever. Or maybe they just say, nah, thank you, king. We're just going to take the land, take the money, take the titles, and be on our way. So that's where it ends. And the NPCs you will need for this section of the adventure are, of course... The Hydra, and a bunch of wildlife, and maybe the orcs they meet at the village who will also be suspicious of them, but very thankful. And of course in awe that somebody's got the Sword of Gosgar. So as we always do, we now move on to variations on this uh, genre. Well, first of all, variations on the actual adventure. The first variation for this adventure framework is that the war is already going on and it's a more desperate flight for the PCs to go and get the sword. And maybe there are saboteurs following them. You could also have the PCs are working for just one side. So they may be working for the humans. They may be working for the orcs. They may be working for both sides But neither side knows they're working for the other. Or the PCs could just be working for themselves. Maybe they're thinking, hey, you know, I'll bet the orcs would pay a whole lot of money for this sword. And the humans would pay a whole lot of money for the orcs not to get the sword. Or they might even think, hey, if we have the sword, we could control the whole orcan military and all of this stuff and be rulers of the orcan empire. As far as altering just one part of this adventure, you could have the tomb be an actual dungeon, make it way more dangerous, have the typical dungeon creatures living there, walking around, whatnot. You also could have Kuzrak be a traitor. Now, who's he a traitor for? Well, what if he's sided with the humans and he wants to give them the sword so they can attack the orcs and win? Or maybe he's a loyal orc and he wants the orcs to do it. Or maybe Kuzrak has thought, you know, I'll just take that fucking sword and I'll take over the orc empire and maybe he'll attack the humans and maybe he won't, but he's definitely a wild card. For other genres, the best other genre that this fits into is, of course, pulp. And when you do that, Bingo. The Germans are orcs, and the tomb is in the far north of Scandinavia. And maybe it's a sword, maybe it's the hammer of Thor, maybe it's whatever, you know, superstition Hitler and his jerk knobs are on about this week. Now, since this is pre World War II, it may be possible for him to completely stop the Nazis. Uh, get the sword or the hammer or whatever the hell, the shield, whatever. And boom, they take control of the German people and whoever else they want to take control of and they just wipe the Nazis off the face of the earth. On the other hand, you may want to move away from Germany and have it be the Japanese who play the part of the orcs. And the tomb is somewhere in remote China and so your band of hardy adventurers are heading into China. They no doubt will have help from the Chinese because they hate the Japanese. They will no doubt have a shitload of Japanese after them. Maybe some Nazis involved, uh, maybe some American intelligence in there, who knows? But they're going after the sword in China, and when they get it, take over the Japanese or do whatever they're going to do. You could make this a steampunk adventure. And we will say that the Great War, World War I, did not happen when it happened. It happened in 1898. So this is pre-Great War. Say, 1897, 1896. And, of course, the Prussians take the place of the orcs. And a sword, depending on whether you have fantasy elements in your steampunk, the sword might be a creation of the fey, or, if you're going with straight steampunk with no fantasy then the sword might be some creation by some sort of mad doctor and it can just you know wipe out a whole army who knows maybe it's a proto uh, lightsaber maybe it's uh, something that uh, releases a gas that turns men into beasts or something like that another way to run this adventure is as a 1960s James Bond style spy Adventure. It's going to be the Russians or the Chinese or maybe Spectre playing the part of the orcs. And the sword could be some sort of ancient science. It could be a regular sword that will just cause a lot of true believers to fall in line. But whatever the case, you run this as a typical globe spanning. James Bond adventure with stuff happening, car chases, boat chases, seducing women or men, whoever, uh, running, shooting, blah, 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 gambling, but you'll want to put in some notes of Indiana Jones when things get out into the hinterland and they're actually looking for the tomb. The final genre that you can run this in is space opera. And this is simple, folks. It's just a Trek movie. The Klingons are the Orcs. And everybody's running around some planet trying to find this doodad, Or maybe they're going from planet to planet. First they've got to go to this planet and find the key. Then they've got to go to this planet and find the tomb. Whatever the case, straight up Trek movie adventure. Which Trek you use? It's up to you. I would probably use original Trek. It's up to you. Now, next week, we have a totally different type of adventure. It's a pirate adventure out there on the high seas, and it's called The Voyage to Pirate's Treasure. So I hope you'll tune in and listen to that. Thanks for listening, folks. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress, at the DocVerse blog, on Mastodon, at the Dice Camp server, as Doc Cross, on Blue Sky, as at Timedude, via email, at AgentRoscoe at gmail.com. If you're listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail, and you patrons can leave a message on my Patreon page, and I will find out about it very quickly. If you would like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts a month before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash dot cross. For one time occasional donations, you can use my coffee, which is ko-fi page at dot cross 4591. And if you'd like to sponsor or Advertise on this podcast get in touch with me by any of the methods i mentioned just a moment ago our music was monkey magic by the eaters and it comes off of the free music archive this podcast and everything on it except the music is copyright 2023 by doc cross i'll see you all next week somewhere along the road